so it's amazing how much can happen in such a short amount of time. But the reality of what actually happens behind closed doors of freelancers and women and mothers trying to balance it all isn't always transparent in the online space. And that's hard. That's hard to think that you should, the shoulds, like the shoulds or I'm not a teen enough or the comparison and all of that. Welcome to Podcast with Purpose with Allison Nitch and Rachel Linhart, a podcast for entrepreneurs, moms, teachers, and online business owners who know they have a bigger purpose. We are both former teachers turned podcast managers who took a big leap, changing careers and navigating the unknown after many years in the classroom. We struggled for so long trying to balance mom life, careers, and all the things. Listening to podcasts showed us that there was more to our careers than the four walls of our classroom. It opened doors to a world we didn't know existed. Every other Tuesday, we will be bringing you real conversations to help inspire, motivate, and walk you through everyday life. Listen in as we share stories about motherhood, mental health challenges, and becoming online business owners with some podcasting tips sprinkled in. Around here, we are all about real, raw, and honest conversations in a judgment-free space. We want to share all things we wish someone had shared with us as we navigated big changes and new seasons in our lives. So grab a cup of coffee, water, or wine. Remember, this is a judgment-free space. Pop in your earbuds and let's chat. I am so excited to have our very first guest on Podcast with Purpose. I met Chelsea, what is it, a year ago almost? Almost. Well, I talked to you a lot in the DMs before that, but we were in a mastermind together and I met her in person back in uh, February. So I'm so excited to have Chelsea Hall on our show today. So welcome, Chelsea. Thank you so much, Allison and Rachel, for having me. I am super excited to be your first guest. We are yeah. excited to have you. And we both know you in different ways. So we were like, okay, we have to have her on the show. So we're so glad you are here. And we like to, and Rachel can jump in at any time, but we want our show to be more about our journeys and how we got to where we are and finding our purpose in what we're doing. And you were a former teacher, like we were. And so we want to kind of hear your backstory, how you got into your business, and then we can get a little bit into what you do now. But tell us what got you into, well, freelancing in general, but then turning into a Pinterest manager. Yeah. So I actually started this mad hunt of getting out of the classroom back in May of 2020, which was about 20 days before my first daughter was going to be born. Um, And it was the midst of the pandemic. And I started thinking through, um, do I really want to remain in the classroom while having my first daughter? And I think the pandemic changed all of us, first and foremost. And then once I had her, the plan was still to go back in the fall. But at the same time, I was having my husband help me update my resume. I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I was looking for maybe a part-time job. I was looking for something remote. I honestly didn't know until I stumbled across 
an ad to become a virtual assistant. And at that time, I literally had no idea what it was, as I'm sure the both of you can yep, relate same to that. Yeah. And I started doing some deep diving. Allison and I took the same course to become a freelancer. And honestly, reading through the sales page and the testimonials, I thought it was too good to be true. But in October, well, October 31st, we went on my daughter's first Halloween and it all hit me by the fact of I was never going to be a part of her Halloween parties. I was a first grade teacher. And uh, if you are an elementary teacher or a mom of littles, you know that that is such a big day. And as a teacher of firsties, no way could I miss that to be present in my own daughter's classroom. And so that really hit me that night. I went home and I immediately bought that freelancing course. Within two weeks, I had gone through everything. Um, And while doing this, I was also teaching virtually because that's when schools were still Mm-hmm. virtually teaching. I was in tears all the time. I hated it. It was hard. It was like everybody was virtual. I was a brand new mom. It was just not mentally healthy yeah. for me. And so, like I said, I dove all in by December. I had landed my first client by January, my second. And by March, I had replaced my teaching income while still teaching full time. And I had to make a very t- tough decision of whether to remain in the classroom or was this my like ticket out? And with a lot of discussions back and forth with my husband and friends within the online space, I made the decision to leave mid-year, um, which was really hard and very bittersweet to this day. Um, and it was especially bittersweet for the fact that I was still teaching online and I didn't feel like I ever, and still, still now, I still don't feel like I ever close the doors on that chapter fully because I didn't leave my classroom how I should have. I left a virtual setting that was just, it was so not right. It was so different. It was so weird. Anyways, I left and within two months later, I had doubled my teaching salary. And two months after that, I had tripled it. Um, It was awesome. It was it was something I never imagined in my wildest dreams. Life-changing. Life-changing, right? Um, and then I I did all the things. I started buying programs and gotten like coaching and all of the things, scale, scale, scale. And I was absorbing any and all overconsumption of what these coaches are pushing out of making. <laughs> 10, you know, take, make 10 grand a month and do this. And then I, so I, I just kept going all in on everything, created a website, got systems in place, did this, felt I had to scale, created a course. And I immediately, not immediately within, or within 10 months of having my business, I had hit burnout, like massive that August, I want to say August of September of that first year of business it was like, wow, this was amazing. But I was like, I was feeling very burnt out all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And my my husband, like the most supportive guy in the world, was also like, financially, you, you only needed yeah. to replace your teaching salary. Yeah. You did yeah. not need to go all in. And as a person that's a type A um, overachiever, super driven, 
it was very it's like the empowering was dangling in front of you. Yeah, empowering yeah. and exciting to go from a teacher salary um mm-hmm. to now you work harder, you make more. Mm-hmm. I was always like the first one in, last one out teaching, but was still making the same as the person that was zooming out of school at the same right. time. You never mm-hmm. like were making more for what you were doing. So that was that was thrilling, right? That was mm-hmm. so exciting. So fast forward to that first year in business, I was on a high, it was great, but I really started to evaluate my goals. And then I got pregnant with our second, which was a roller coaster in and of itself. I am the worst pregnant person ever. My Both of my girls left me to be sicker than sick. Um, and I had, and I, and I powered through, like I maintained the business that I was while being pregnant and throwing up and all of that fun stuff. Well, and that's um, when I first started talking to you. And I didn't yeah. even know you were pregnant. You didn't tell anybody. I mean, you probably I told didn't your closest tell people. Until, until two and a half months before she was due. Yeah. Wow. Um, I kept it very hush-hush. And I'm very open in the online space, but I also kept it hush-hush. Hush-hush in fear of what clients would think. And looking mm-hmm. back, like, that's so silly. Mm-hmm. I was afraid that they would not want to work with me because I was going to have to get support throughout this. And so I really struggled to publicly share that. And once we had our second, we went through the most horrific time of our life. Um, Yeah. It's okay. And I truly believe that I had my business and everything set up to be in a position to be home for her, to be home for my girls. Mm -hmm. And that was a big eye-opener for me. And that's finally when I took the burnout, took the sign from the universe, from God, from whoever, to know I needed to make uh, some changes. And um, within that, I, I scaled back a bit, but I also pivoted my offers to allow me to still financially feel good and excited without sacrificing my time with family, my mental health, and all of that. So the overconsumption and being all in like the headspace of you have to grow, grow, grow constantly, mm-hmm. you know, that wake up call that I, mm-hmm. I needed to realize that being a freelancer can serve you in so many ways. It's a beautiful thing, but it's also important to use the seasons of life to ebb and flow in business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really long answer of my journey. <laughs> no. That's I'm coming up on year three in November for November 1st because I bought the course then. So it's amazing how much can happen in such a short amount of time. But the reality of what actually happens behind closed doors of freelancers and women and mothers trying to balance it all isn't always transparent in the online space. And that's hard. That's hard to think that you should, the shoulds, like the shoulds, or I'm not a teen enough for the comparison and all of that. So, Well, I felt, I think that's what you and I resonated so much with because I was doing the same thing. I was chasing what could be. Like I was like, I have to have this. I have to start with this. I need this. I need that. Took all the courses 
And then you finally told me one day, you were like, just stop. <laughs> Don't <laughs> buy another course. And you had me brain dump. And we joke because it was more like a brain journal than a brain dump. And it was like, I just went through everything. And you start to realize that you just need to go for what you are wanting or what you, I mean, what you, your family needs. And then the other things can happen and kind of be like the icing on the cake. But yeah, people dangle these things in front of you and they're like, what's it called? The shiny object syndrome. Yes. I was just thinking that. Mm -hmm. I was just in my head going to say, oh, that's like shiny object syndrome. And I have that too. And you mentioned, Allison, how you bought every course on the market. And I feel like I did the same thing. You'll see someone come up on your Instagram stories and like you're like, oh, they are doing blah, blah, blah. And I want to do blah, blah, blah and work like one hour a day and make seven figures a year. I mean, that's a little exaggerated. But but that's what people make it seem. Right. And it's so not that. And even if it is, it's when you pull back the curtain, there's more to it. Like mm-hmm. they might be bringing that in in revenue, but what are they spending out of right. pocket? You know? Well, um, and also, oh, sorry, oops, go sorry. ahead. No, I was just going to say, and also the support, like some, like one of the, one of the coaches early on that I really wanted to invest in, she really sold this like this picture of this, you know, making multiple six figures and being a full-time mom. And the reality, when I talked to her more, she had her kids full-time in in daycare. And, you know, like, so I guess it's just like, you, you really don't know, like, and she had a team and she had all these things. Mm -hmm. And so peeling back all of that is Mm -hmm. interesting. But when you're first getting started, you don't realize the BS that is sold to right. you. Right. Like, I just had this, I, sorry, I just had this thought. Like, you know, when we we're teaching, you think administrators need to go back to the classroom to remember what it was like to be in the classroom. It's almost like some people need to remember what it was like to get started and that yeah. you're doing it by yourself. And it's not quite as easy. So I love when the coach, like a coach takes on that persona of, I know where you can, are coming from and I was there. Let me show you how to get there versus look what you can have. And because mm-hmm. that's what I was chasing after. And I finally realized, I was like, this isn't as easy as I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but you eventually get to a place and you have amazing people who help you. But it's, you know, finding that balance that we were looking for when we left the classroom. Yeah. And Chelsea, you mentioned that you – found yourself in burnout pretty quickly after starting your business. How did you overcome that? Like what were the changes that you made to help yourself find more balance and happiness? Yeah. So I, from the beginning, I am, I'm a people person. I love to make friends. I I make connections and Allison can attest to this. The community that is within the program that we both invested in to get our businesses off the ground came with a Facebook community. And when I bought the course, like that wasn't even anything on the sales page that I was like, I was like, okay, like, great. But it wasn't like something that was glaring at me of a a selling point. But by far, that was the best part of the course, because having that community, those people to lean on. And so that first year and a half that go, 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 I like had friends and I was talking but they like all of our conversations because we were all in similar points was like we were all pushing each other to like go, 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 go mm-hmm. as well. And it's funny because the same group that I started with or the same group that I'm still friends with, but we've all kind of experienced 
a very similar point. And a lot of us have very similar, like a lot of my friends like started because of their first, but during having their business, they had their second. And so that having another baby, yeah, it adds a new dynamic to how you run your business. And so I think a lot of what kind of um, has helped is just authentic, real conversations. And I will even say like, I did it and my friends, we've even openly said that like, we always like came off to each other that first year, like we have it all together and it's great and whatever. And I think like we were all trying to uphold this glamorous, like I'm doing great and I'm I'm doing this and, you know, and then once we all started opening up and we're like, this sucks or like we are feeling it or you guys like, I, I don't know what to do. Do I turn down this client? And I'll have friends be like, Chelsea, you said you want to scale back. So turn down the freaking client. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's, so it's just being open with friends, having those people to turn to. But I'm also in a friend group where even so we're still comparing because there are times that like somebody will have an awesome launch or something. And it's like, it's a 20 K launch and you immediately I get sucked in and I'm like, Oh, I should relaunch this and I should do this. So it's, it's also hard to turn it off. Like I am constantly having to push those thoughts down Mm -hmm. and really embracing the, this is a season of life. This Mm -hmm. is a season. This is like reminding myself that in like two more years, I'm going to have a kindergartner. Like that's insane. You know, that's, that's only two more years from now. My, I mean, I've raised this business while raising my first daughter at the same time. And she's going to be off in, in, like I said, kinder in two more years. And I don't even know where this time has gone. Yeah. So I think also being through that and knowing that like, Hey, I've got my second and we're going through it again. Like, I don't want to look back and ever say I built a business, but I didn't build my life. Oh, love that. I love that. That's an amazing, powerful quote. Yeah. And that's one of the things like, I guess, Rachel, too, we can't really relate to having the littles. Mm -hmm. But I know, too, even right now with my kids being home, they were home last summer when I was starting my business, but I wasn't fully in my business yet. I was just getting it going. So it didn't really, it almost just felt like I was home for summer and doing a little side thing. But now that I'm fully in it and they're home, I've told myself, too, like I wanted to not just completely throw myself out there trying to get new clients, but just, you know, be happy with what I have and really, yes, and really serve who I have. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I've been kind of working on. But it took a while because it's like you want to keep reaching that next goal. And it's like, if you stop, am I going to get there? But I mean, it doesn't, we do, we have to take care of ourselves too. Right. Right. And like Chelsea, you said that, you know, you built your business while raising babies. And when Alice and I were, had our babies, well, oh, we took I took maternity leaves and so did you. But like, I remember like when they would get sick or the daycare would call just that, like that frenzy of like, oh my goodness, who's going to cover my class? And like my husband has a really flexible schedule that he can just like when the blink of an eye, like cancel meetings and then be out the door literally in five minutes. Mm. And I was always so jealous of that because I wanted to be the one that would run to the babies when they were sick Mm -hmm. or like in kindergarten, my son ran into a, a pole and cut above his eye and had to get stitches. My husband took him to the ER and and did it all. And and I, I was super thankful for that, but I was also super 
envious that he was the one that got to drop everything and run and go get him. And it actually was a good thing because I would probably freak out at the sight of his injury (laughs) because it was like above his eye. It was really deep. It was really gross. But like I still was like, I want that flexibility where I can be – I can drop everything and be there. Mm -hmm. And with teaching, you really couldn't do that. Well, and even like first day of school. All of my kids' first day of school pictures are of them in my classroom before they went to their classroom and my husband took them. So it was like, you know, or parties. I would have to find someone to cover my class just so I could jump into their class to see. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's just a whole different world. And, you know, everything has its challenges, but it's kind of this freedom of flexibility of knowing that. I don't know. The stress that I feel now is nothing <laughs> compared. No. Nothing. No. And it's almost like a good stress. Yes. Like it's good problems in a way. Like whereas in teaching, the problems were kind of unimaginable. Like you'd have to only believe it if you lived it kind of thing, you know. And yeah. Well, and nothing you had control over. And it was somebody else telling you what to do. And then the state telling your admin what to tell you what to do. And it's like – it was and never none of ending them in the classroom in like a decade. <laughs> no. And even if they did, they went for like 30 minutes or a day. I'm like, a day is not going to show you anything because they could have been perfect <laughs> angels that one day. <laughs> Stay a week. Right? <laughs> and create the lesson plans and grade and do all the assessment. <laughs> and make sure you have everything you're supposed to have written on the board that the kids don't even oh, read. Because yeah. <laughs> those learning objectives, they make or break whether a child learns, right? Especially in kindergarten and first oh, grade when they can't, can't read. Can't even read. Yeah. Now I don't miss it, you guys. <laughs> <I don't either. laughs> but yeah, so I mean, and we all three taught through the pandemic and that's kind of what, mm-hmm. I don't know, I think that's what did us all in because I know Chelsea, you yeah. got out a little earlier than Rachel and I did and me even a year earlier than Rachel, but it changed and I don't, I don't think it's going to go back to ever being what it was. Yeah. They have a whole new look on education after, I don't know. The kids are different too. Like they're just different. And parents I don't too. Know. I know everyone says it, but it's like there's not a word for it, but it's they're just different. Mm-hmm. But yeah, <laughs> I hung in there and kept thinking, you know, I knew I wanted to leave, but it was so scary to jump. And I know Allison and I, we've talked about this before. Like a lot of people we saw leaving the classroom had only been in it for like five, eight, ten years. And then we were approaching 20. So for us to leave, it's like, well, can we even leave? Like <laughs> what do we do? Do I have another identity? Um, and so, it's yeah. It's like leaving like a, a, a relationship, the farther you're in it, that's like, yeah. is it worth it to leave? Is it worth it to leave that boyfriend in college? You <laughs> or know, do I like, just pick it out? Exactly. going to do another year, but no, I know. And that was the scariest thing of like, teachers are held to a very weird standard, a mm-hmm. very weird mm-hmm. standard. And so like, I have friends that have left their corporate jobs to go to another company and blah, blah. To leave teaching, there's so much like, oh, you left the classroom and oh, you let the kids down. And it's like, no, I'm doing what I'm doing for my family Mm -hmm. and what feels best for me. And yes, I feel guilt 100%, but like, I don't need your outside perspective. Right. Especially if you've never taught a day in your life. Right. Right. So yeah, it's, it's interesting, the transition, but would never trade it for the world now that I've yeah had the taste for this. Oh, and I have 
family that will ask, like, you'll go back to the classroom. And I'm like, no. No. $250,000 a year, maybe. Right. No. I know. I might sub at my son's school one day a week. That's it. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. But you have more control and you're not doing anything once you leave that. I know that's the difference. Like, okay, that classroom, I'm not going back to. Yeah. <laughs> this one, I will. That's the way I felt my, the subs were for my class. It was like once they came once, they never came back. And I'm like, oh, no. Now do you know what I deal with every single yeah, day? Yeah, real. It depends on the year, honestly. I know. Some years I had that. And other years I was like, they were great. And I'm like, oh, okay. I know. <laughs> I know. So, Chelsea, I want to hear like what you're doing now. So we know you're a Pinterest, you're all, you're like the Miss Pinterest guru. How did you get into, like, what made you go into Pinterest? Like, did yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, did it just, did it just kind of not really fall in your lap, but was it something you were looking towards? Because I know I first reached out to you about Pinterest and I was like, is that something I would want to do? You know, we all have our different little things that we like and what we're good at and things like that. So what made you feel like Pinterest was the route you wanted to keep going with? I think I, a lot of people, like even you, well, I don't think you asked me this, but like one of the first questions people ask me now is like, can you make good money with Pinterest? Oh, yeah. And I think when I started freelancing, I was like, what's going to make me the most money? Like mm-hmm. that was like my driving <laughs> force. And so I went into social media because everybody was like, you make great money. And after a month, I was like, this is awful. Mm -hmm. And I've always been, I was curious about Pinterest. I had like explored one of the, uh, like a course and I took on a client. I took, I bought seven more courses within a month, like a psycho. (laughs) And, um, (laughs) things you do, that's what I'm talking about. When you first started out, you guys just, you're like, ah, just buy it. I know. Add it to the tab, add it to the tab. Um, and (laughs) right. And so once I, I kind of like went all in, it was just like the rest was history. And I was really lit up by it, really, really enjoyed it. And to this day, three, almost three years later, I've stayed in it. I mean, it was only a month that I was doing social media before I went into to Pinterest and the money factor, like, yes, it's, it's a definitely a niche that you can do and be very successful with. But I don't think business owners always value it as much as they value because like Instagram is like the first go-to when somebody starts a business, they think they need to be on Instagram. Mm -hmm. They don't think they need to be on these other platforms or start a podcast or doing all these other more evergreen type ways to market their business. And so it's taken a lot of like of my efforts to educate others on the benefits of Pinterest as for you too, like you know, sharing the benefits mm-hmm. of podcasting. Slow growth, and both, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Podcasting and Pinterest are slower. Like it's a slower game. But yeah, I mean, I love it. I'm having so much fun. I never get bored of what I do. I never, like I wake up excited to do the work that I'm doing. I love all of my clients. I've maybe had one client over all the years that I was like, cringing over working with like it was like oh mm-hmm. boy but um but that's the beauty now, of your business is you get to choose like, yeah, you absolutely. can choose who you work with like we didn't get a choice absolutely. of who was in our classroom but we can choose <laughs> who we work with absolutely that's what makes me I was just thinking because when I first you and I first started talking it was about me trying to find 
what I was happy with. Because when I first started, I wasn't wanting to just be a virtual assistant. And I think that that is the best way to start because you find, well, even Rachel, you figured out doing social media that you didn't like it thinking like yeah, you would. I thought I would love social media because I love doing my own. And so I thought, well, I'm going to I'm gonna like meld podcast management with social media management and use the podcast content as the social media content. And then I worked with someone, you know, who I worked with and um, she was amazing. I just didn't love what I was doing. And I I felt terrible because, you know, I had to step away from it. But luckily she completely understood. But it's just trial and error. Mm -hmm. So figure out like what you think you might like and then you get in it and then you're like, oh, wait a minute. No, never mind. Um, And then you settle in a niche. Yes. And I was so terrified I think because I was so unhappy in teaching, I was terrified of being unhappy. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I was constantly striving to find what it was that I would love, but I didn't know until I tried it. You know, it was like one of those, you know, I tried, well, I did some um, editing and then I did Dubsado for a short while and realized as I, you know, it was, I was good at it. I loved setting it up, but it wasn't, I don't know. I remember just, sending our mastermind group of Voxer. And I was like, I don't think I like this. (laughs) And I was like, I don't, it just, I wanted to love what I was doing. And that's when I realized at the beginning of last summer, I had this whole interest in podcast management and I don't, it just kind of slipped under the rug. And I went back in it and I tried that again. I was like, this is it. This is it. So it's kind of like, you just have to keep almost like trying things until you find what it is. But Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not going to find it until you've tried it. And I was scared of doing that, but that's what it took. And it's like, I could go back and think, oh, I wasted all that time, but it led me no, to where I'm at now. It's your journey. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not a waste of time. It's like the journey that you need to take to find like what you're meant to do. Yeah, I know. So Chelsea, one more question, and then I think we'll wrap up. Um, what would you say to someone who's like struggling and just not sure of you know what to do? Like kind of like what Allison said. Like, do they leave their secure nine to five? Do they venture into freelancing? You know, what would you say to someone who's like on the fence and struggling with what to do? Yeah, I think. Well, I think first and foremost, like the freelancing world is absolutely wonderful, and. Again, I don't think you're going to know until you try. And I know the like a lot of the courses to become a freelancer, they are an investment. But the return on investment, at least for all three of us and many of my other friends that like have had this success, it's well worth it. And I think life is way too short to not give yourself that opportunity, that chance. And just try it to even see if you like make some side hustle money, right? Mm-hmm. Like get started like that. And for many people, it's just like, well, I just need to replace this amount. And then you're like blown away with the mm-hmm. fact of like the opportunities it can present you with. Um, and then I think once you're in it, the best piece of advice I would give is to lean into community. Like I said, does not mean that you need to invest for paid type opportunities of community, but finding even a friend or two that you can talk with because people our friends our family that are not in it they don't they don't understand mm-hmm. even if they try I think to I even know what I still do yeah my mom like- doesn't even know how to play a podcast unless I send her the direct <laughs> link 
Love so, it. mom, if you're listening. Yeah, <laughs> love right. <laughs> love you. And my parents are both entrepreneurs. And so like they they supported the like entrepreneur side of things, but they were never like, this is such a different world. Like yeah. in freelancing and for them to understand that I'm getting paid to quote unquote in their eyes, play on Pinterest. It's just, <laughs> it's just different. So having those friends that you can lean on and also just like consuming with also an open heart, open eyes of like, not everything you hear is reality, like consume Mm -hmm. business podcasts and, and those types of things, but also know that like, it's not always sunshine and rainbows that the the podcast hosts may be trying to put on. Mm -hmm. So finding a balance of, you know, I love your guys's concept for this new podcast of really showing the the nitty gritty and the dirty side of mm-hmm. what's what's not yeah. always, you know, shown on the on Instagram, you know. And so finding that balance of like the go all in, scale your business type podcast, but also a, like consuming the transparency behind right. what owning a business is truly about. And like I said, a lot of your listeners are moms or teachers and knowing that like there's so many hats that we live and juggle and owning a business is hard. It's really hard. And again, we can all attest and say like, we'll never go to the back to the classroom. And the stress of being a a business owner is better stress than the classroom, but it is still stressful. Like it is there every, everything, you know, in life presents its own its own hard. And so there are still hard parts of freelancing, but there's never once been a a question of doubt of like, I need to go back to the classroom or I need to go get a a nine to five because I'm so happy Mm -hmm. with what I'm doing and what, and what this business has allowed for my family. Yeah. And that's kind of what we wanted to do with this show. We don't want it to be as if everything is just so simple. Cause I remember when I first started, I remember telling my husband, this was last summer. I was like, by Christmas, I'm going to be making six figures and da da da. And I was like, uh-uh. <laughs> I switched and pivoted to podcast management like two months later and kind of almost started all over. And so it was just, but you just find something that lights you up. And like you said, it's almost like that quote when you're loving what you do, it's not work. It is a lot of work, but it's almost mm-hmm. like, I don't mind getting up to, like, I don't look at my day thinking, oh, what am I doing today? What am I teaching? Did I get my lesson plans in? Did I do this? Did I do that? It's like, if I don't get like the date, see, two days ago, I had no Wi-Fi and I thought my world was crumbling. I'm like, what do I do without Wi-Fi? My kids are going more crazy than I was. But all I did was just shift it all over, you know, and it was like, it was fine. It, you know, you have those flexibilities and I don't know. I just, we we just want people to find what makes them happy. And sometimes you have to take a jump. You have to leap. You have to do something different too. If not, you're just going to be stuck. So, well, I am so excited that you were here today, Chelsea. I love seeing you. I haven't seen your face in so long. So I know. Uh, Thank you, ladies. We have, before we go, do you want to do the rapid fire question? Sure. Love those. (laughs) (laughs) We have two. We can just do one or we could do both. Doesn't we'll see how rapid I am. And then <laughs> okay. <we can. laughs> okay. So our first question is, what are you binging right now? That could be like a book, TV show, podcasts, what, food? <laughs> um, oh, 
Gosh, guys, this is hard. Um, oh, I love Vanderpump. Like, I love trash TV. So I've not watched, gotten like, into that. House reunion and Vanderpump reunion, and it's it's some dirty, <laughs> trashy, <laughs> trashy TV. And I am binging it full on right now. I love I've heard it. all about it, and I have not ever watched. Oh, it. girl, let's <laughs> maybe start I shouldn't start. I know that too. I saw it on my Instagram last night, and at one point, I, someone posted like just the letters of the show, and I'm like, "What the oh, heck yeah, is yeah. that?" And then I was like, "Oh, I've never watched it, but I know of it." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's good. Nothing wrong with trashy TV. Um, and then our second rapid fire question is: We're always looking for like another good meal idea around here. So, what is your mm. favorite thing to cook? Oh, I mean, anything tacos, like chicken fajitas. Oh, yummy. I just made like a really yummy um, – I guess you call it like a taco bake, but I didn't put it in the oven. Oh, I've done it. Oh, yeah. yeah. No. Like I just – so you took like a pound of – I used turkey burger, but you, any burger. And then like a jar of salsa, an onion, a pepper. Um, what else did I do? Like taco mix. Oh, rice. I threw in some rice. And then I had fresh corn. So I took it off the cob, threw some corn in there, and then topped it with cheese and put like a lid on top of the skillet and let it all melt down. And then yeah. we ate it with tortilla chips. Love it. Yum. And guac, of course. Guac. Of course. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the pickiest person in the world. <laughs> you and my son. Oh, God. Well, Chelsea, thank you so much for being here. I'm so glad that you were here. And thank you for providing so much valuable information because I know a lot of people need to hear the the backside of things. And that's what that's what makes us better entrepreneurs is knowing how to get from point A to point B or all the way to Z eventually. We'll we'll mm-hmm. see where life takes us. Yeah. Thanks, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We would love to know what you thought about it. Please feel free to send us a message on Instagram at podcast with purpose. That's podcast.with.purpose. Or leave us a rating and review so others can find us.